Welcome to The Rebound, where we'll explore the issues facing supply chain managers as our industry gets back up and running in a post-COVID world. This podcast is hosted by Abe Eskenazi, CEO of the Association for Supply Chain Management, and Bob Troublecock, Editorial Director of Supply Chain Management Review. Remember that Abe and Bob welcome your comments. Now to today's episode. Welcome to today's episode of The Rebound. So you want to use a robot. I'm Bob Troublecock. And I'm Abe Eskenazi. And joining us today is Barbara Gress. Barbara is Director of Engineering and Innovation for the third-party logistics provider, NFI. Barbara, welcome. Thank you. Good to be here. The other day, I asked a friend at one of the leading supply chain design engineering firms, well, what's new? What are clients asking you about? His one-word answer was right out of the graduate. It wasn't plastics. It was robots. He also had a piece of advice. Robots aren't the solution to everything that ails your operations. To do it right, you really need to create an innovation team to evaluate your operations and to identify if and where robots might deliver value. So what does it take to introduce robotics into your order fulfillment operations? And once you get robots up and running, where do you go next? How do you extend the value you're getting from your investment? Those are questions Barbara is here to answer. So Barbara, let's start with some brief background. What does NFI do? What has changed about your business that got your organization thinking about robotics? Yeah, so NFI is a fully integrated third-party supply chain solution provider. Um, it's been privately held by the Brown family since its inception in 1932. And our business lines include dedicated transportation, warehousing, brokerage, transportation management, and real estate services. Um, this past year, we generated close to about $3 billion in annual revenue, have over 14,000 associates, and are managing around 53 million square feet um, in distribution space. I think what everyone has felt over the past year um, is that COVID just really accelerated a lot of those existing challenges that were already out there. You know, for us, it's the labor market challenges, anything with increased labor rates, retention, and then the customer expectations and demand. And what we saw in the past year is COVID took those challenges and really brought it uh, front and center in terms of what our customers are expecting from us. So really what has changed in for me and my role is the pace in which we're testing the technology as well as just the number of providers we're seeing in the supply chain tech space. Um, for the most part, technology scouting has revolved around different robotic providers, whether that's AMR, VGVs, robotic fulfillment type operations. Um, the demand has increased to the point where we're just trying to keep pace with our customers. Barbara, as you're talking about the pace of change, and obviously it has accelerated significantly for 3PLs, distribution logistics only, you know, exasperated by the pandemic. Your decision criteria for robotics, you know, autonomous, you know, uh, robots, as well as piece picking, how did you decide where to start within the organization? Give me a sense of your decision, your decision criteria, and what did you start implementing? Where did you start the journey? 
So we know that we always have to continuously evolve to keep up with the market. Um, innovation is a, a really critical pillar in terms of NFI's strategic initiative, as well as the concept of applied innovation. So as we're thinking about who and where, we're really having a lot of conversations and collaborations with our customers, as well as our operators and our engineers who are dedicated um, to those, those customers. So if you think about the, I guess, the prioritization of what we're looking at and why we're looking at, that's really dictated upon our customer needs and how we're supporting them operationally. This past year, we had several implementations that included AMRs, AGVs, VGVs, and robotic um, robotic arms that complemented some of the, the solutions we already had in place um, for our goods-to-person solution. So AMRs we have for our picking operation um, in, that support picking activity. We have Tugger VGVs in one of our larger retailer facilities that's pulling product from inbound to put-away. And then we have forklift AGVs that are supporting that put-away process as well. Um, the robotic arm that complements our goods-to-person solution is really there um, supporting our e-commerce activity that has, has grown more and more over the past year um, and how we're supporting our customers as they shift from that B2B to B2C type activity. Uh, Barbara, I, I'm going to ask you a question in a minute uh, about the sort of steps that an innovation team takes and you know how you did your research and things. But first, you just um, talked a little bit about the different types of robots that you're using, uh, you know, the autonomous mobile robots, the automated lift trucks, some of the piece picking. Can you just briefly, and then we'll come back to uh, this other question, but can you just briefly tell us in the process what they do uh, in your facility? You know, what, do, what does the autonomous mobile robot does? Uh, what does the piece picking robot do and how does it support that? And what does the automated lift truck do or your tuggers? Yeah, so for our AMR solutions, the, that's supporting um, a retail operation, and it's really doing, it's, it's supporting the each pick operation. So it's moving along with the operators as they're doing their picks, um, and it's flexible enough that it is, has the ability to um, travel on its own and quickly um, react if people or um, different forklifts are in the operation. So that's supporting more of our, our pick operation. Um, the VGVs and the AGVs that I talked about, we have tuggers that are pulling three trailers of product from the receiving dock to a storage area and then back to the dock with return product. Um, and that's really helping eliminate a lot of our travel time in some of these really large facilities. So that autonomous uh, material movement that Tugger is really allowing us to achieve. That's where we've seen a lot of um, productivity improvement where we're able to focus those resources in more of a productive type of work. The AGVs or the autonomous uh, forklifts, they're doing something similar, but now you've got pallets and they're moving those pallets from the inbound activity into storage. So the difference is really the, the type of equipment or the type of product, um, whether they're floor loaded or pallets, it's going to determine what type of equipment we're using. Great. Thank you. So let's, let's move back to, uh, you know, your director of innovation and a project like this is innovative, right? 
Um, and, uh, and, and again, going back to uh, my friend at St. Ange, who was saying you really need to, you know, to have an innovation team and start there. So if you think about what you did at NFI early on, as you're thinking about, boy, robotics, this sounds kind of interesting. Would it work for us? Who's going to, you know, be the right fit? How do we pilot? Can you walk us through some of those steps to get to, yeah, we've got a project and we're going to do something with it? Sure. So the, the whole concept of applied innovation is where we're testing the technology and we're really working with our operations and, and engineers to, to make sure we have the right fit. But in order to do that, we knew that we needed to create a, some governance around that process. So we created our innovation delivery method. And really what that does is it, it's a five-step process in which we funnel and prioritize all those ideas and concepts that come through, whether it's from our engineers, our customers, um, just other uh, knowledge that our workforce has. Maybe they've worked with a different company in prior past. But it, it basically takes that, that those concepts to a point where we're now prototyping. And that prototype is the second phase of our, our innovation delivery method, where now we're finding technology partners that not only meet those business challenges and needs of our customer, but also it, ta it, it gives us a little bit of learning about them and the, the strategic mindset that they have potentially to learn and grow with NFI, which is a really another critical part of our engagement process. If you think about the collaboration and the iteration that goes back and forth between some of our solutions and our um, customers, as well as our operations. And then finally, that once that piece is finalized, do they actually have a solution that meets our need? You know, whether it's discrete putting product away, um, maybe it's an order task like palletization, sortation, labeling, that core activity, if that is something that they can solve and we believe is something that's very scalable across the NFI network, um, then that second part where I talked about mindset is we really look for a technology partner who works with a 3PL. You know, automation for the most part has not been something that people just jump into because it is very CapEx intensive. And sometimes budgets and ROIs don't really match the 3PL world of three to five year contracts. So what we're seeing more is that change in mindset of business model of how technology partners engage with a 3PL, creating more of an opportunity to really enter into a robotic solution that offers a little bit more flexibility um, that supports our business model and some of the variability that we see with not only the supply chain, you know, the peaks and the valleys of, of volume, but also just uh, how our customers potentially either stay with us or they come and go. So once that pilot is identified, it goes through a couple of toll gates and criteria, but there is a lot of collaboration um, that goes not only around the solution it's the technology is able to provide, but also the willingness of that technology provider to work with and be a little iterative within our own process. That's really fascinating what you're bringing up in terms of the collaboration and the need for this. And I think it's uh, been highlighted through the pandemic. Um, you talked a little bit about the investment in technology. And I, as you indicated before, this has been accelerated through the past year and a half. Um, there's a couple of, uh, you know, edges out there about investing in technology without evaluating your processes and your tools. You know, one of them being that if you're going over the cliff, 
Uh, technology is only going to get you there faster. So um, how do we, you know, evaluate? How do we take away the concept of handing the keys to a Ferrari to a 16-year-old in terms of what training, you know, match the investment in your technology for your workforce, both internally and for your partners? Because as a 3PL, you rely on a series of partners, as you just described in your technology. So how do you focus on the people side of this? You know, when we look at technologies um, like a robotic solution, first and foremost, safety is our number one priority, and we want to ensure that whatever technology we implement, um, it works with our warehouse associates and it's safe. The second piece is reliability and uptime. So you talk about, you know, we're supporting our customers. If we're not able to execute, neither are they. And so that need to work with a provider that really the maintenance issues are not a concern, that's something else that we we look at. Now, when it comes to a specific facility and process where we introduce a robotic solution, we work really closely with our operations and dedicated engineers um, that supports that customer to define not only the current date, but then also to think about the future state as technology is introduced. And what's really important is to walk the process with the people who are performing that activity. You know, a process documented on paper can look and feel totally different once that user is in the environment interacting with the, the robot. And so we take a chance or that opportunity to really hone in on the actual process and make sure that we've identified all of the different things that could go wrong or potentially would change in a layout as we think about introducing that solution um, to the operation as a whole. Uh, Barbara, that's a great segue to this next question. This is the, uh, if I only knew then what I know now question. So you've been using uh, autonomous mobile robots for over a year now and then introduced these others. And, you know, anytime you put in automation, there's the, things that worked just as you planned it, the things that worked better than you planned, you know, the unexpected, uh, the unexpected on the positive, and then the things that didn't go as you'd thought, and then you had to adjust. So, you know, thinking about those three things, what worked as planned, uh, what worked better than planned, and then what didn't go as planned, and how did you adjust to adapt? So with any pilot, there's a lot of lessons learned, and we always share that. But I think what we've learned over the course of the last year and a half is the ability to test and scale technology needs to be iterative and nimble. Um, and our, I think our mindset of where we were a year and a half ago versus where we are now in testing the technology, we, we understand that. It's okay to fail. And a part of that is the adoption of our workforce and the people who are actually using it. It's one thing to go in and, and understand that, you know, that technology might solve that existing problem, but how is it incorporated into the operation and with the workforce that's actually using it? That's been a huge learning curve for us is how we introduce our technologies and how we get the folks on site to almost be advocates for the solutions we're doing. So they're really driving I guess, the success of a lot of the, the technologies we're implementing. Barbara, last question. Um, let's take a look at uh, more towards the future as opposed to the lessons learned. Uh, as you're evaluating your emerging technologies, um, you know, most of them, like robotics, have been point solutions. As you've gained the experience and the lessons learned that you just described, what's on the horizon? What do you see that could potentially be a game changer for you and the industry? 
Yeah, when I think about emerging technologies, I, I think about them in three different categories or themes. One is people. You know, how are the people working? What's their total user experience? And how are they executing their job and interacting with other aspects of NFI as an employer? And then the other one is location. You know, how COVID has really shifted where employees, customers, suppliers, and the organization as a whole, that ecosystem, where it physically exists. And then the last bucket or something that I think about is resilience and really taking into account the volatility of the supply chain and the enormous amount of data that we're collecting from various automated processes. So if you kind of combine all those three things and think about what is emerging next, I think one of the things we're seeing with our technology providers is just the collaboration aspect of it, that it's really about an end-to-end -end solution and all the touch points versus these point-to-point -point solutions. And it's been a fantastic conversation as we think about different perspectives and how they come together to really create that overarching solution that fits within our operation and how our people are engaging with it. I think that, you know, I, I can't say specifically the technologies that I'm seeing, but I, I think that's a common theme as we're talking to more and more technology providers, the willingness um, to engage and collaborate with each other, as well as, you know, customers really looking to us to be the thought leader and drive some of that conversation. Barbara, really a fantastic journey that you're on and obviously one that we'll want to keep up with. That's all the time that we have today. A special thanks to our guest, Barbara Gress, and thank you for joining today. We hope you'll be back for our next episode. For The Rebound, I'm Abe Ashkenazi. And I'm Bob Troublecamp. All the best. Thanks. The Rebound is a joint production of the Association for Supply Chain Management and Supply Chain Management Review. For more information, be sure to visit ASCM.org and STMR.com. We hope you'll join us again.